welcome to A Pod of Tea, your go-to podcast for tea and chats. I'm your host Emma and this is episode two. We are going to be looking at Christmas traditions today and enjoying a festive style brew. So now is the time, pop the kettle on if you haven't already and grab yourself a warm cup of tea. <laughs> we can have, or a hot cup of tea in fact, warm, not so good. Um, and we can talk all about Christmas. So this week I've gone for a wild apple and cinnamon with ginger tea. Um, I went to the supermarket on the hunt down for a Christmas style brew um, and actually was quite surprised at there not being many marketed for Christmas. Obviously this is the time of year where everything and anything will be for Christmas. <laughs> but tea-wise, now if you go to somewhere like Whitard of Chelsea, you'll find there's a really good selection of mould type teas. So kind of like mould wine, but without the alcohol and but with the caffeine or with a very high sugar content. But gosh, it's very, very tasty. Um, I do like to go into Whitard of Chelsea. I don't know if anyone else does this, but um, so this is a, a tea chain that we have here in the UK. And they often do a free sample love a free sample. So they will do a free sample of maybe like three different types of teas and a hot chocolate. So if you're out shopping, you're doing a festive, if anyone's doing some last minute festive shopping right now, get yourselves on over to Whitard of Chelsea and try some free samples. I don't know if anyone from Whitard of Chelsea will ever hear this podcast or if they will appreciate me sending the masses, the masses, to uh, <laughs> all of you en masse to, uh, to their shops to get their free samples, but it's really good. And to be honest, it works. I always end up buying something. I've bought a couple of Christmas presents in there when I was in there last. So well done. Good marketing ploy. Anyway, back to the tea I've got. So it's a pucker wild apple and cinnamon with ginger tea. So cinnamon is what sprung to mind for Christmas. It's the go-to flavour, isn't it? It's in all of our lovely festive treats. Um, I do really, really enjoy cinnamon as well. Cinnamon on a hot chocolate is very, very nice as well. But I mean, I will not divert away from the tea on this podcast. No, no. So yeah, that's brewing at the moment in my teapot. The other option was a triple cinnamon tea. And I, again, sort of similar to the matcha ice cream that I was talking about last week. I didn't know if I wanted to go that committed to a singular flavour. So I've gone for the wild apple and ginger. Now, looking at the box as well, I've got to be honest, it's not overly festive because the... Um, a little bit of blurb they've put underneath the title of the tea says a sunlit orchard of organic warmth and sweet spice so maybe more like a autumnal day this one but nevertheless we're committing this is our festive brew this week so I wanted to talk about Christmas traditions with you they can get kind of weird we do like to be creatures of habit around this time of year I think that sense of nostalgia really makes us feel warm and fuzzy <laughs> in the festive season. So I was thinking back to some of the Christmas traditions I had when I was a child and which one of those have carried through to adult life as well. Now one tradition which is one of the earliest traditions I can remember um, and it has not carried through is one that my dad instigated. So I'm one of three sisters and something you would have us do is when you wake up Christmas morning you, you know, you're bleary-eyed because you didn't actually get any sleep the night before because you were so excited, but at some point you did actually fall asleep and now it's probably about six in the morning and you're awake and you're ready. This is, I'm talking pre-teens here. <laughs> this is very, very young. Um, and also, if, like me, you have a younger sister, it carries on actually quite, quite into the teens, that excitement and waking up early. Um, so up we'd be, ready, ready and raring to see what Father Christmas has left for us downstairs. And my dad would insist that we all got 
dressed, which seems like a reasonable request, but I mean full on dressed in our Christmas dresses. So when I was younger, we would all have a special outfit to wear on Christmas, so like a party dress basically. And um, yeah, we'd have to get up. If you needed a shower, you would shower, you would you know, brush your hair, you'd put on the dress. And then if one of my sisters wasn't ready yet, we'd have to wait for everyone to be ready. I'd have to wait for dad to be ready, mum to be ready. And this we, we did, you know, all through my younger my younger childhood and I never questioned it. I thought, yep, that's that's what you do at Christmas time. And then you grow up and you see films and you meet other people and you hear that no, they tend to go downstairs in their pajamas, which is something we ended up doing a bit later on in life. But um yeah, down in pajamas. And I remember when I first heard about this, I was like, oh my gosh, you can't do that. You can't do that's not proper. <laughs> you can't do that at Christmas. But I actually think the pajama thing is the more common the common of the two. So yeah, that is one tradition. That was oh god, we used to like we would line up at this making my father sound very authoritarian, but um it was quite fine, don't worry. Nothing, nothing uh to be worried about there. But yeah, he would get us to to line up and then one person would have the honour of opening the door to the front room. But I mean it gave it a sense of occasion, so we can't really complain. <laughs> it was um yeah, it was good fun and it was quite nice. It's kind of like when I go to um, the theatre, one of when I was in secondary school, one of my English teachers, who I think is my actual all-time favourite teacher, she really had a very positive, amazing impact on my life. Um, she taught, you know, told us that if you go to the theatre, you have to dress up, and that really stuck with me. I quite, I mean, I like getting dressed up um, anyway, but. It, again, it gives it that sense of occasion of like, I'm going to do this thing, thus I must dress up, dress up a little bit. And that, you know, in whichever way you want to um, interpret the word dressing up, whatever works for you, but it's, it's just quite nice to do. So that's one Christmas tradition. And another one that, oh, hang on, I'm rabbiting on, and I haven't actually tried this tea yet, and it is definitely, yeah, we're brewed. It is brewed. So here we go. Let's do the pouring. <laughs> oh, I have a different teapot this week. If you did hear episode one, we had some drama with the teapot. So I've got a more, I've got an old faithful here um, of my teapot collection. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Steamy. Looking nice and steamy. There we are. I'm going to let that cool down a little bit, but we've took it away from the brewing. I do find with herbal teas that you can leave it brewing for quite a lot longer then, well, I usually just leave the tea bag in, to be honest, um, because it's it's usually a very subtle taste and it makes it taste a bit nicer. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going to let that steam away in my festive mug that I have picked especially for the occasion. The teapot is not festive, it is polka dot. So <laughs> that's where we are with that. So another Christmas tradition that we used to do would be the advent candle. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever had an advent candle, but what it is is basically a, a tall candle and you burn it down day by day. So it's got 25 numbers on it and you go down, down, down. And when the advent candle runs out, ha ha, just Christmas time, which is a really lovely idea. My mother is definitely the person where I have got my Christmas spirit from. She is, I genuine, genuinely believe, and I hope my stepdad doesn't mind this, I actually think she is Mrs. Claus. So <laughs> I do think so, which actually might make my stepdad father Christmas. So there we are. What a lovely family. Um, but yeah, she is very, very festive. And she was someone who would always have an advent candle. But I think one year I may have put her off it 
slightly. So the advent candle was up. Now, in my mind, this is when I was quite young, this story. And in my mind, I had already opened some presents. So I don't know if maybe she got the advent candle for Christmas and couldn't wait to burn it <laughs> and was too excited. So started burning the candle after Christmas. She's going to have to clarify this for me. Anyway, in my mind, Christmas is gone. There is the candle burning up, up on the side. And my mother had gone upstairs for a shower. And I was still downstairs. I was quite young, as I say. And this candle, even though it was a light, was very high up. So it was on top of a unit in our front room. So there it was, burning away, not doing any harm whatsoever. And I had got for, I believe, Christmas, but I think my child, childlike memories have got the timelines kind of me uh, messed up there. I was definitely looking at a gift that was given to me at some point, And it was an, art, an arts and crafts book. So lots of different things that you can make in there. And I remember being as a child quite frustrated when I'd watch things like Art Attack um, because they would make all these amazing things and you'd look at it and go, I want to make that. And then you look around your house and you don't have the things that you need to make it. I always remember them making rockets out of fairy bottles, fairy washing up liquid bottles. We didn't buy fairy washing up liquid. So I had the weird shaped bottles that didn't look like a rocket. And also my parents didn't appreciate me going there trying to take all the washing up liquid out of it so I could do an arts and crafts project. So many, many issues there to contend with, uh, challenges to contend with to uh, make my creations. So I was going through this book trying to find something that I could make that day and I came across a, how to explain it, sort of a You know when you get those little lantern things and you put a candle in them and then the light shines through and it looks really, really pretty? I saw something to make one of those, so a candle a candle holder. And you get all the, the light coming through in different colours. So you needed to get a special paper, obviously one that could let light through. And I didn't have the special paper. I had normal paper though. <laughs> so I was like, I can't be waiting around trying to find the special paper that I'm never going to get anyway. I'll make it out of the normal paper. No harm done there. It's perfectly fine. I'm on the floor. The candle is far away. All is good. So I put all the bits together and I make what I think is a lovely candle holder. And I'm then sat there and I, I sort of shout up the stairs and I go, mum. And she was in the shower. So now I'm impatient, so I've made the candle holder, I've finally come over the first obstacle of not having the materials to hand, and the issue is that I now can't test it. So that's what I wanted to do, I wanted to give it a little experiment, I wanted my mum to come downstairs and test it with the candle that was up there, and she couldn't. So instead of waiting patiently, <laughs> I got a stool, and on that stool I put a cushion, and on that cushion I put another cushion, and eventually made a tower, climbed uh, up the tower, used my candle holder and put it over the candle to see if the light would come out. Okay, I don't sound like the brightest of children here <laughs> trying to do that with paper that obviously isn't see-through, but in my head I'd convinced myself that this would work. And I'm pretty sure you can see where this, this was going. Inevitably, it caught, it caught on fire. It was a flame. And I did the only thing I could think of doing, which is throw it on the floor. And that is the Christmas that I set the house on fire. <laughs> so there it is, burning away on the floor. A good patch of the carpet is now up in flames. I run upstairs and I go, Mum. And she's like, what? She's out of the shower now. She's like, what? What's wrong? But, you know, not really that worried at this point. I said, I've set the house on fire. Oh, that's nice. Proper one of those moments. And then she turns, you've done what? Ran downstairs and the poor woman just got out of the shower is then having to batter fire out on the floor barefoot. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> um, she was a patient lady. So 
yeah, that happened. So then my dad came home and siblings were there and I had set the house on fire. And then we had to move, I believe we moved some furniture because we kept the carpet. So it was just a big burnt patch in the middle of the carpet, which then got covered up by an armchair. So not really a a Christmas tradition as such, that one. Not something that you want to repeat year on year, but the the Advent candle, (laughs) if you haven't got any young children with overactive ambition uh, (laughs) for their candle holder making prowess, then by all means get one, because they're really, really fun. So I'm going to try some of my festive tea now. Bear with me. Here we go. See, this is what's happening again. There's no one here on the podcast except for me, so quiet time, or indeed take a sip of your tea, (laughs) synchronised tea sipping, here we go, Mm. oh that is nice, oh cinnamon is very very nice, I can't really taste the apple though, it must be in there, I think cinnamon's so overpowering, and the ginger, I can definitely taste the ginger, cinnamon is a very overpowering taste, I think, so, mmm, yeah, that is lovely, Oh, so it is, I mean, it's quite a frantic time of year right now, isn't it? I don't know if you guys are finding this. Because um, normal life continues on regardless of Christmas. So you're at work, you've got all the pressures of work, um, you've got just the normal, you know, life outside of work, but then suddenly you have to think about all these things like shopping all the time, all the shopping, all the thoughts. Oh my gosh, I've forgotten to get that one person a present. I forgot to write so-and-so a Christmas card, all those sorts of things. And then visiting family, it's all it's it's one of those things where you get out what you put in in life, don't you? With stuff, so if you put in all the effort at Christmas, you'll have you'll have all the fun. But it does mean that you have to wander around panicking that you haven't bought parsnips. So <laughs> yin and yang of the Christmas of the Christmas time. So yeah, you get older and you start to create more of your own Christmas traditions. So you have the ones you have when you were a child, and I think a lot of us replicate the ones that we had that we did as children. Um, into adult life especially I guess if I don't have children of my own but if you um, if you have children you would want to sort of replicate the feelings that you had as a child with them at Christmas time so you make traditions based on that but as an adult you start to make new ones so one of the first Christmases me and my husband had together by ourselves um, because he had to work in London on Boxing Day and I was like well I will stay and we'll have a delightful Christmas time the two of us seems the first tradition that we came up with was the Christmas nap <laughs> so that's when you know you've hit a certain certain age in life where suddenly having a nap in the middle of the day um, is quite important I mean I'm quite a child at heart there's still many um, a toy a thing to play like be it a video game or a board game or something like that there's definitely lots of things to do on Christmas but yeah you just get tired after all of the turkey well not turkey for me anymore vegetarian but at the time turkey and yeah it's it's a, a long old day and another tradition I think a lot of adults do um, most people I know um, have said that they do this which is buying a bauble a new Christmas bauble each year I remember going around my friend Elizabeth's house one year and um she was quite a few years into into that tradition and it was just lovely because she looked at her tree and was like, you know, telling me all the stories behind all of the baubles, which is, yeah, a lovely, a lovely thing to do. So we do that. So we've got our, I mean, the first Christmas tree that we ever had was really small because we lived in this tiny studio flat. It was really, really small and it had a little bow on it. So one of our baubles, um, I did the the inverted comma thing and you cannot see that, my podcast friends. Um, but yeah, so one of our semi-baubles is this bow and we've still got that on our tree now. Um, 
And another one we've got is Ugly Reindeer. So we went to quite a nice shop in um, in town, quite a nice shop, and saw the ugliest reindeer bauble you have ever seen. I might post a picture of Ugly Reindeer. He is, he's amazing. I have that, you know, when people have that thing where like stuff that just looks a bit ungainly is really cute. I've got that kind of thing. I quite like Ugly Reindeer. And yeah, so we get a bauble each year. Me and Jack still lament the day that we did not buy the gherkin bauble. So we went to the Christmas market on the South Bank, um, next to the South Bank Centre. This, this was a few years ago now. It's one of those mini sort of, you get them everywhere now, German mar- uh, German Christmas market, that kind of theme, um, which are lovely. It's just this really nice rustic vibe to them and always guaranteed to get a good glass of mulled wine at them. Um, yeah, so we were looking looking down um, down the row of these Christmas stalls and one of them was selling baubles, and one of them was selling a Christmas gherkin bauble, which I thought was genius, Jack thought was genius, but we second-guessed ourselves, guys, and this is something I very much learned at Christmas time. Never second-guess. Never go, oh, I'll come back and get that later. It will be gone forever. Darkness. Dark Christmas. Um, yeah, so I haven't seen it since, and yes, I could Google and try and find one online, but it won't be the same as walking down a Christmas market and having that moment where you find the bauble of the year and then you've got the memory. So Christmas gherkin, maybe I will get one one day <laughs> because the story is enough maybe to get to get one. So I had a little Google online to see what kind of Christmas traditions different people have and the Christmas gherkin or Christmas pickle, depending on where you're from, came up as a Christmas tradition that it's up it's up for dispute as to where it originated. It kind of sounds like it's one of those things that sounded like a tradition, so people started doing it, but it actually wasn't in the first place, if that makes sense. But um, but apparently this tradition is that you have a pickle or gherkin ornament on your tree, and the first person to find it will get a present first. Now, if I knew about that tradition... I would probably, I mean, I'm the one who puts the baubles on the tree at the moment, so I'm already in for a win <laughs> on that count. But say I hadn't put the baubles on the tree, I'd be hunting that down. Like, if I was a child, I would have found that bauble on, you know, the 2nd of December. Um, the tree, of course, um, in my household forever since I was born, goes up on the 1st of December or as close to it as you can get. Um, so, yeah, we would. I would have found that straight away. So even if, you know, I hadn't told anyone I'd found it on Christmas Day, I'm like, it's there. It's right there. I know. Um, the reason I know I would do this is because we always have chocolates on our tree. Lots and lots of chocolates to the point that, again, talking a lot about family in this one because Christmas always makes you think of family, I think. But yes, my mum came to uh, visit me here in Norfolk and she brought some Christmas chocolates for our tree because you just have to have them. Um... And what we would do, me and my sisters, as soon as the chocolates go on the tree, you start to sneak the chocolates away. So obviously, normally as a child, you'd have to ask permission for sweets. You know, may I have a chocolate bar? Um, no, you can't. You're having dinner in five minutes, but I would like one. No, you're going to ruin your appetite. See, this is why it's good to be a grown-up, because you can have chocolate whenever you want. But the downside of being a grown-up is that voice in your head becomes your voice. <laughs> no, that voice of your mother becomes your voice in your head, is what I mean. Um, and you self-regulate to a certain extent. <laughs> I still definitely eat chocolate a lot. Um, yeah, so she'd put the chocolates on the tree and me and my sisters will then, you know, sneak them through the day. And she definitely knew that we did this. And if she didn't, she, she knows now because 
Um, <laughs> she's the kind of lady who will probably listen to this. Um, but yeah, so we, we would sneak the chocolates. I remember putting them on the tree when I would help sometimes. You'd, you'd always hide one around the back and mum would always hide them as well. So that when you took the tree down, there's always be at least one. How did she do that? There would always be a chocolate on the tree when you took it down, the one you didn't find. So either it's a Christmas miracle and there is something about, so when you're taking the tree down and you're feeling sad that you're putting Christmas away in a box, um, there's a little chocolate to perk you up. Or my mother was very clever and kept chocolates back so that we would find one. I will have to find this out. I will definitely have to quiz her on that when I see her. Um, yeah, so because of my history with the Christmas chocolates, I'm pretty sure, bringing it back round, I would find the Christmas pickle or gherkin, whatever you would like to call it. Sip of tea time. So the other area that tends to have an awful lot of tradition is gifts. Now, I don't know if many of you have the certain gifts that you have year on, year out. The, go the thing that you always expect to find under the Christmas tree. Now, for me, for many, many years, that had been the new Terry Pratchett book. Love Terry Pratchett novels. I love the Discworld. I'm really happy because I've recently um, got my big sister into them which is awesome. The thing I like about Terry Pratchett books um, when I was younger was that no matter what car boot sale I went to with my dad, um, there would always be a Terry Pratchett book there. So my hard-earned uh, bit of money <laughs> could go towards, you know, be that pocket money or when I was a bit older, sort of my part-time job while I was in school and college, could go to getting a Terry Pratchett book and you can just like plow through them. They're so good to read. They're so funny. So Obviously, I mean, that's a bit of a sad note to bring up because, you know, I, have they finished releasing all the ones that he'd written up to up to now? I'm not sure if they finished releasing them. Um, I do need to check out if there is still a Terry Pratchett book on the horizon. Um, I know that after his after he died, he asked for all of the remaining ideas he had on the computer to be run over by a steamroller or something similar so that his books couldn't be written without him, which I do respect that. I definitely respect that, especially when it's a world that you've spent so much of your life crafting. You don't want that to go off in a, in a, on a tangent. And probably, I mean, as someone who enjoys those books, I'd be very hard pressed not to read it if someone else did something with it, but it would change, it would change his work definitely and it would bring a different voice into the mix and so maybe it's better off that way but yeah so a Terry Pratchett book I always expected I always expected a pair of pajamas when I was younger I still love that there's something about hitting about I don't know six seven uh, for those who know me um certainly those who've sort of you know come sit at my flat and things or, or my house that I've had in the past um I do get into pajamas pretty swiftly after coming in from work or um, having been out in the day or come home, they're just comfy. They're so nice. It's so, oh God, what a picture I paint. I'm here. I'm, I'm in pajamas right now, guys. I'm not going to lie. I'm here with my pot of tea and my cinnamon, spiced apple cinnamon tea in my pajamas. And I'm having a wonderful time. Um, so yeah, getting pajamas at Christmas is great because you've never worn them before. And then you get to put them on and watch some more movies in the evening. It's really, really lovely. So yeah, those are just some, I mean, there are many, many Christmas traditions you can talk about. So hopefully this has got you thinking about some of the things that you do, some of the things that you want to do this Christmas, as I say, only a few days away. Hopefully I'm not instilling the panic that I keep occasionally feeling there of, oh my gosh, it's so soon and I need to do all these things. You'll get them done. Just enjoy. 
enjoy the time, enjoy the time that you get to spend with your loved ones and your friends because there is that's one of the best magical things about Christmas is that it really gets you spending time with your nearest and dearest um, and making that time for them in ways that we don't always make time for people because we get really busy because we have loads of things going on in our lives. But at Christmas, you go, you know what? I'm going to spend that extra time I have trying to see the people that I care about. So enjoy. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. I am, um, as I say, this is a bi-weekly, I hope I'm using that right, bi-weekly, a fortnightly podcast. So the next one will be coming out after Christmas. Um, yeah, so I'm wondering, I have, I, you know, as I say, I'm going to be seeing some friends over this festive time. So the next one might be me having a cup of tea with a mystery guest, which will be really fun. So watch out for that. And if I haven't quite managed to um, pin one of them down or if we've had too much mulled wine, I will be back chatting um, with some more tea and chats coming your way. So yeah, this is now on, so I've been launching it on Podbean. It's also been going on iTunes. So please do subscribe to the podcast, leave a review or a star rating if you feel so inclined, that would be amazing. Um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram now. Um, I have got the YouTube set up, but there won't be much going on there at the moment. It is just the video about the blooming tea in Japan. But yeah, do get in touch. And if you want to drop me an email, it's podoftea at gmail.com. As I say, I would love to hear your tea-based recommendations. And in fact, actually, if uh, you'd like to wade in the current debate, current debate that is, uh, you know, hitting the the mean streets of my home, <laughs> it is, what is better, the quality street or the roses? Now, I am going to tell you what the correct answer is, and the correct answer is roses to that question, but yeah, I would love to hear what you thought if you think quality street or roses, they're chocolates, if you're unfamiliar, two chocolate brands, tins of chocolates that you can have at Christmas time, which one is your favourite? So please do hop on social media and let me know, because... I mean, I know. I know in my heart of hearts which one you will be going for there. Roses. Big roses. Um, but yeah, let me know because there is a current debate going on in my household. Anyway, I will see you um, in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye.